Hi, my name is Chris Bybee from Darkview Studios, and you're listening to Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morse and Peter bring us up to date with the goings-on involving the TSR Games fiasco. In the news, the first of the free Dungeons & Dragons adventures promoting the Magic the Gathering tie-in expansion has been released, more casting news for the D&D movie, the Marvel Multiverse playtest rules are available for pre-order, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about the importance of using linear time in communication. This week's dismal attempt to make a podcast is sponsored by Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Boutique. This establishment sells only the finest new and reconditioned codpieces for men who feel that they need such things. You will find this frankly distasteful shop on the corner of Upper Ramsbottom Street and Frogstripper Lane. I've been there. It's as disgusting as it sounds. Honestly, this advert is just humiliating. Go to Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Bazaar if you need to cover your particulars. Now leave me alone. All the tabletop role-play news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild for All Players. Russ has ever. It is a complete delight to be here. How's your week been, Peter? Yeah, it's been pretty good. There's been a fair amount of sun, a lot of heat, but not too much. Certainly better than places in the Pacific Northwest where it is officially too damn hot. Uh, yes. Started running a game of advanced fifth edition. Level up. Have you now? Yes. Obviously, this is less news to you than it is to our listeners because you were there, dude. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to a game of exploration and general shenanigans. Mm, yeah, we started last night and my character began his first ever adventure, which is quite exciting. My elven wizard. Wizard. Who has spells like... Um, Friends. Friends. <laughs> and, uh, um, corpse explosion and um, deadly equation. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing how these work. Because I've I like, idea. I like the equation one. I recite this equation, this uh, <laughs> ancient equation, and everybody <laughs> near me takes psychic damage. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Maybe. should we do some RPG news? Oh, I suppose we could. All right, then. So our topic of the week, we're going to um, cover the um, the big TSR shenanigans oh, later in the show. <sighs> we really? introduced them last week, but the and I kind of thought that was going to be the end of it last week, but the week since last week's episode has been full of so much stuff that we really have to like devote an entire entire topic to it. Uh, Just they, to cover it all. They're, they're grifting where they seek to become more famous by saying the worst possible things they can say is continuing. Good to yeah, know. But we'll get there later. We'll get there later. We'll do yes. the, the rest of the news first, shall we? Yes. Thanks. So let's start with a free mm-hmm. adventure that you can now download mm-hmm. for D&D 5th edition from Wizards of the Ghost. I'm listening. We basically, we mentioned this last week. So basically there's to celebrate the Magic the Gathering 
Adventures in the Forgotten Realms card mm, set. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yep. Uh, Wizards of the Coast are also releasing some tie-in D&D adventures. Ooh. That so tie into their magic version of Forgotten Realms. Yeah. So okay. basically, it's going to be one each week until July the 28th. Yep. Uh, and the first one is out, and it's called In Scarlet Flames. In Scarlet Flames. Mm. So it's like 14 pages long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it sort of, it features like Red Wizards of, um, Fae and a planeswalker visiting the Sword Coast and a bandit leader and, uh, wizards hunting wizards and all sorts of exciting shenanigans. And you can get it from the Magic the Gathering website, totally free, uh, for character, eight level characters, I believe. Eight level characters. Nice. Yeah. That'll be some chunky spells going off then. Yeah. So there's like five yeah. of these, one each week. Yep. Until July the 28th, and they're all for characters 8 to 10 level. Marvellous, marvellous. That sounds uh, like a jolly good, jolly good yeah. time to be had by all. Yeah, and it's free. It's free. free you download it, price. it's free. Yeah. Bonus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And free is a good price. I like that price. It is hard to beat. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could beat it. They could pay us to download it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that would be quite hard. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure it would be the best business decision. Well, I mean... Enough, Morrissey. Enough. All right, I'll move on. I'll move on to multiverse, Marvel multiverse role-playing games. Ooh, okay. Tell me Because uh, I've been enjoying Loki very much, especially the last episode. Oh, so, yes, I need to catch up. Yes. Ooh, spoilerific. Right, I won't say anything. But it's uh-huh. good. Yeah. Uh, so, the Marvel multiverse role-playing game playtest rules... Right. are now available for pre-order. Ooh. So you can pre-order them now from Amazon and, I believe, other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a release date of March 29th, 2022. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a long pre-order. Yes. But there's some details of the book. So it's uh, 104 pages, this right. playtest book. Um, okay. It's soft cover. Right. Published directly by Marvel. So it's not okay. licensed out or anything like that. Published directly from Marvel. It yeah. doesn't have the full rules of the game. Mm-hmm. But it does have the combat rules. Yes. And it has character creation. Okay. Um, it has an introductory scenario. Right. And it has some pre-generated characters. And uh, these, uh, there's more than these, but they've only told us about Spider-Man. Yes. Captain America. Yes. Captain Marvel. Yes. And Wolverine. Interesting. But there are more. So, essentially, they're asking people to pay them to playtest their product. Is that right? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, nice work if you can get it. Oh, Paizo did that with Pathfinder 2 as well. They released a... Uh, I've got their playtest book. It's like... But, well, so like, how much did they charge you for it? It's basically like computer games. You can buy uh, beta versions of computer oh, games yeah. as well. Early access. Oh, I think yeah. that's probably yeah, betas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically they're just taking that model and putting it into tabletop rolling. Mm-hmm. Except with a beta, yeah. I've never actually um, gone ahead with a beta on a computer game because it's mm. just... I just wait for the game if I want to play it. But mm. do you? Does it automatically update itself to the full game when it comes out, or do you have to buy it again, or what? Uh, my experience, such as it is, is that if I get an early access game, should it make it all the way to being released properly, mm. then I would get the full version. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this obviously isn't going to metamorphosize in your hands into the final rulebook. No, no. When the final rulebook is is released. Mm, so that that is something to take on board. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, if you want to get, you know, just treat it as its own game, really. Just if you want to yeah. get a, an early, you know, Marvel game mm. in, give it a go. I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up, to be honest, just as I'm curious and I want to see it. Mm. 
they should be good. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's have a look what else we got. We have got from uh, Goodman Games. Mm-hmm. So you're, f- you're familiar with Jack Vance's Dying Earth novel series? I wouldn't say like hugely familiar, but I'm aware of them. I think I've yeah. read a couple of stories. So yeah, yeah. and they're they're, uh, they're where the concept of Vancean magic comes from. And Vancean magic yes. is basically the fire and forget spell slot system that D and D traditionally uses. You cast yeah. a spell, then you forget it. Well, you, you you learn a spell of which you can only learn a certain amount. I think that's the key Vancean mm. part. My take home, but yeah, yeah. I'm aware. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a bit of a. If you think about it, it's a really weird way to approach magic. It's just that you're so used to it yes. that it doesn't seem weird to you. But it is, oh. it is kind of weird. Well, yeah, it's exactly. It's like you, you know, something really well, so you can do it under the most strenuous conditions. And then once you've done it, you just forget. Goodman Games has uh, launched a crowdfunding uh, campaign for Ooh. a uh, a dungeon called Classics box set. Oh, okay. So As Dungeon in, Crawl Classics is like their OSR right. style yes, yes. flagship I, game. I've actually played a couple of those. They're, they're interesting. Quite fun. It's, I haven't played it, but from what I hear, it's really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got, a, bit, it's got, a bit, bit tough on the old characters. Yeah, but it's also OSR without some of the problematic elements of OSR, I think. It's... Anyway, moving, moving. Are <laughs> <laughs> well, we going to be talking about those things later? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so this is going to be a box set. Mm-hmm. It's going to have three rule books. One is core rules, one nice. is magic, and one is for like creatures and NPCs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's going to have six adventures, mm-hmm. ranging from level not to level five. Mm-hmm. And like the Dying Earth, it's like set on Earth in the far future. Yes, yes. And the sun is uh, a red giant by then, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's all sort of a bit strange. I mean, it's uh, it's got sort of a Numenera-esque vibe to it, really, mm. from what I can make out. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just so, so, yeah. Ima- far in the future. Yeah, and, 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 and history is kind of forgotten as well. They don't, they don't remember. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. like, there's just so much of it. So much time mm. has elapsed. Uh, yeah, it sort of puts me in mind of Worlds Without End, which is Kevin Crawford's latest. Mm. Uh, that's similar sort of setting. Anyway, yeah. you were saying. I know, this, this, this so it's on Kickstarter. Uh, it's done really, really well. I mean, it was going to, obviously, but it's at nearly 200,000 so far, with nearly yeah. three weeks left to go. Yeah. And I'm actually, I am tempted to back this one. Ooh. $25 for the PDF version and $50. Uh, no, ooh. No, the actual box set, $110. It's not cheap. Wow. It's not cheap. Yeah. But it's, it's gorgeous. It's pretty. And I love box sets. You do love box sets. I do it's love true. box sets. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a box set. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're into, into some old school gaming uh, and you like Goodman Games and you like Jack Vance, it's kind mm-hmm. of a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent times. Hey, you mentioned Numenera a minute ago, didn't you? I did mention Numenera. Yeah, we could do a segue into Numenera. I can do a slick segue that no one will notice. Oh, absolutely. It will be Except like they'll totally know it because I'm totally talking about it. Oh, well, what can I say, Russ? You're just smoothing the cashmere comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a, a preview from Monty Cook Games uh-huh. of a new Numenera uh-huh. source book coming out this uh-huh. week called Vertices. Oh, Okay. Uh, so this is, this has, um, eight, uh, prior world ruins explored in full detail. Eight prior world ruins. Okay. So this is, yep. yeah, cause, uh, uh, Numenera's like the ninth world, isn't it? Or something. And, uh, 
Yes. So these are ruins from previous ages. My, my knowledge of Numenera is surpassed easily by my knowledge of uh, the Well, it's like civilization has come and gone like nine times. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so it's got new ciphers, new artifacts, new creatures, new NPCs, load of stuff. And the actual source book is going to be available later this month, twenty nine ninety nine. Mm. But you can pick up a free preview of it right now. Ooh. I do quite like the cover of it. It's got this giant skull. Ooh. And um, it's got uh, it's got um, a person with what looks like some kind of pet, some kind of animal. It's not a dog or a cat. I don't know what it is. Oh wow! Okay, so there is what looks like a giant skull. It must be I don't know thirty foot tall, and uh, staring at it in a sort of a very heroic pose is somebody holding an arm saber, an arm light saber, looking at it, and they got it looks like a. A cross between a hooded cobra and what's it? Is that a six-legged dog, do you think? Maybe. Yeah. And in the background, it's like they've got... They, they look, it, there's a fortress which looks very much like its uh, teeth curving up into the sky. Mm. But it's clearly been carved... There's a Gothic cathedral carved into it. Mm. That is a strong cover. I don't know what the hell it is I'm looking at, but <laughs> it's a strong cover. <laughs> it's a good cover. I like it a lot. Oh, that's my Sean K. Reynolds. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Yes. Here's a very pretty cat. Um. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> yeah. So, also on Kickstarter, we yeah. have Rifts for Savage Worlds, Ooh. Atlantis and the Demon Seas. Ah, yes, yes. So, that this is uh, Palladium's sci-fi setting. Yes. And Earth. Um, it's Earth, and there's lots of aliens and mutants and uh, science and magic and all that stuff. All, all uh together and this is uh, for Savage Worlds and the, uh, mm-hmm. the the Kickstarter is quite new it's quite a short one it's only around for mm-hmm. another week yep and it's called Atlantis and the Demon Seas or Atlantis wow. Rising I think it's actually called oh uh, and yeah so shrouded by the Demon Seas birthplace of a wondrous human civilization and no, now host to a bizarre cosmic evil Atlantis is a threat like no other right that sounds intriguing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of the, the rift setting, I believe, being like sort of a multi-dimensional yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's literally only four days left to go on this thing. Oh, there you so go. So you've got to get in there quickly. Yes. And we released a new column on EN World this week. Oh. So the I, first, yes. part, first part of it's by Cassandra McDonald. Oh, yes, yes. And it is a column for... Beginners, D&D beginners, yes. answering common rules questions. Yes, yes. Frequently uh, asked questions for D&D and giving some excellent advice on how to deal with them. Yeah, but kind of diving into them in depth as well. So the first one is, mm-hmm. how do opportunity attacks work in D&D 5th edition? Yes, yes. And uh, Cassandra goes through how they work, but also yes. goes through like various feats and things for have mm. an effect on it as well. So it's quite an in-depth dive. It's like a thousand words on opportunity attacks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, certainly, I hadn't really considered the nature of the intersection of Polar Master and Sentinel, mm. so that an opportunity attack caused by someone coming within your reach would not be, strictly speaking, classed as an opportunity yeah. attack, and therefore would not be eligible to reduce from the speed to zero. I hadn't really thought about that. But, yeah. right. Well, so that's the idea. So that, well, while these are basically there for people who are just asking how do opportunity attacks work in D&D for the edition, so mm-hmm. people who are learning it for the first time, yes. 
Uh, we also kind of hope that there's enough information in there that people that have been playing for some time can still get some use out of these. Articles. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There is, it's a virtually a scholarly article, but very well presented. Mm. And I thought, uh, relatively informative and entertaining. Yeah, I've been one of those weeks. In as much as reading about the minutiae rules D and D can be. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was an excellent yeah, list. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but we're doing one of these a week. We've got a team of writers Ooh. on it. Yes. And um, um, we got, I think we got concentration coming up. We got exhaustion coming up. I think we got mounted nice. combat coming up. So we have got a, a whole load of stuff coming up. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the mounted combat one because that is that is a sort of much vitriolic dispute. Well, there are people who are right and there are people who are wrong, and um, everyone's convinced they're on one side. <laughs> well, that's that's just that's just life you've just described, isn't it? Any it, topic it, at all. It is, but but the but the nerd rage, rest the nerd rage. Mm. <laughs> hey, are you a uh, Benobatch uh, Cumberdict fun, uh, fan? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you need to go and check your little black book for us? <laughs> <laughs> so Benedict Cumberbatch has joined the D and D movie. Oh, exciting. Perhaps he's going to repraise his role as a dragon. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, he might be yeah. a, a Sherlock type thing. He might be Doctor Strangey. I don't know who he's going to be, but... Um, I mean, he could be an elf or something. Could be an elf. Makeup. Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. But, um, so we've already got Hugh Grant. Yes. We've got Reggae John Page. We've got Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. We've got Chris Pine. We've got Chris Pine. It's like, it's a massive, really high power cast. The star studded, some might say. Star studded, yeah, and now it's got Benedict Cumberbatch as well. Yeah, so it's like def- definitely looking promising, uh, and it's attracting talent. Did you see Hugh Grant's costume? I have not seen Hugh Grant's costume. You have not seen Hugh Grant's costume. Oh, I man. have not lived. You, you must, have not lived. You must spare me my ignorance. Look at this. Point. Have a look at that. That is Hugh Grant's costume. Take a quick peek at that. Okay. Um. It's slightly spoiled by the car in the front foreground. I mean, it's very nice. It's a Chris shirt, belt. Um, I quite like the waistcoat. It's got a lovely gold embroidery and uh, looks like a cravat with purple purple embroidery on Yeah, black. he looks a bit pi- yeah. piratey, a bit swashbuckly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I suspect that's probably just an underlayer. Mm. Uh, looking at those arms, I suspect he probably will have a absolutely huge coat on top. Maybe. Uh, or something something suitably aerobesque. Mm, maybe, maybe. Uh, some people are just born to robes, Russ. Trust me on this one. <laughs> yeah. So Benedict Cumberbatch, he did that, um, he did that uh, animated short about a drizzt recently, didn't he? So I wonder if that's oh, yeah. how that ended up happening. He's like two D&D um, things in close succession. Yeah. I wonder how that worked out. Uh, sh- Showing a willingness to work with D&D. That's the yeah. Thing scooped up and is willing to do things in exchange for money. Yeah. As is ever the way with actors. Only <laughs> <laughs> <need> many people. <laughs> yes. He's willing to pretend money. to be somebody else in exchange for the coin of the realm. And there I am pretending to be someone else for free like a sucker. Mm. <laughs> You're a big fan of safety tools, aren't you? I do like safety tools. Yeah, they're very uh, useful. Hard hats. Yes. Uh, goggles that are quite important. Make Carab- sure you get splash protection. Carabiners. Yes, yes, I've got some of those in my car. That's uh, quite important. Keep the shopping in place. Space suits. Very uh, useful if you're space walking. Space suits essential, in fact, <laughs> if you're space walking. <laughs> well, I think you can space walk for about 30 seconds without one. 
Well, it'd be more of a space flail, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, not not so good in high temperature environments. So, uh, but, uh, in a sunny turn of events, those are not the types of safety tools I'm talking about, Peter. They are not what I'm referring to. I mean, I had thought initially when you mentioned that as a fan of safety tools that you were talking about safety tools for emotional safety in RPGs because that would have been super on topic. But you digress into other safety tools that I'm also really interested in. So I was like, well, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> so these are... Yes. Safety tools that have been added by Roll20. Officially added by Roll20. Oh, okay. So they've implemented things like the X card, I imagine. So we've got um, X cards, lines and veils, and script change. Oh, okay. All of which have been integrated officially into the Roll20 platform. Give you a little button you can press and so forth. Looks Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, So you get this built-in set of safety cards that you can select when you set up a game on Roll20. It's called... The Burn Bright safety card add-on. Yes, yes. Makes sense. Because Burn Bright is Roll20. James Tricasso's version. Uh, or, or James Tricasso's custom-made for Roll20 mm. RPG. Yeah. Is the words we're trying to say and failing at so miserably. <laughs> yeah. But, but it allows, as, as I understand, I haven't actually tried this out, but it allows players within the Roll20 game Ooh. to play the cards anonymously. Yes, so you can yes, see that the safety card's cool. been played, but you don't know who uh, who did it. Yes, yeah. Which is, when at the table, you can't do that so much. So that's actually a, a benefit, yeah. I think, that Roll20 has over. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. I'll be interested to see the implementation, but certainly on the face of it, it sounds really useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was kind of surprised they haven't been there, because these, these safety tools have been around for ages now. I'm surprised that... Uh, well, more- not- not online platforms have, don't have them. That long, to be fair. It's like three, four years, but that is that is a long time. But that is quite a long, long time. time. Yeah. It, it is quite a long time. And these aren't, these, aren't, these aren't, I don't think, complex things to add to a... They're not complex, but I would say that they have become more and more important mm. uh, as more and more people are able to get into and enjoy role-playing games mm. because there's just a much wider variety of lived experience and some of it will perhaps uh, require this mm. more often um yeah but i i, I don't I, I don't think they're like uh a bad thing and it's it's a bit like having a seatbelt in your car like you don't want to be using it like you know you're not hoping to rely on it but if something does happen then it's really nice to have it in place mm. right have you heard of rpg kitchen rpg kitchen rpg this- kitchen is this some incredible people who said, you know what's awesome? We should try and make uh, food for uh, different species of fantasy creatures um, has per the books? No. Oh. In this case, tell me more. It's blockbusters for RPGs. As in blockbusters, as in the video store? Yes. You can rent huh. RPGs rather than buy them. I mean, that's not the worst idea I've ever heard, to be honest. So it's uh, obviously it's a digital service. Yes, yes. It's under development at the moment, so it's in alpha. Yes. yes. And it kind of works, so it's like you're renting a movie from one of the online platforms like Netflix. Do Netflix yes. do rentals anymore? It doesn't do that anymore, I don't think it? so. Uh, but say Amazon Prime or yeah, something, yeah. or Amazon, Amazon Video. They let you rent something uh, yeah. often at a horrendous price, but yeah, yeah. And, and Sky Sky does that as well. So it's kind of like yes. a try before you buy, I suppose, in a way. I think that's a really good idea because for a lot of games, 
the cost of admission is uh, something that puts people off. So yeah. if you can try it out for a little bit first, then you're like, okay, well, that's that, that's a good reason to then go spend some money to What's also quite cool about this is if you rent a game yeah. and then you decide you want it, yeah. anything you spent on rental gets discounted from the price, the full price of the game. Nice. That is good. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's uh, like you can rent it for a month at 20% of the full price. Okay, yeah. Give it a try. Yeah. Um, so it's not right, it's, it's kind of like because uh, I was kind of wondering how, how do they do this? What stops you just downloading it and just keeping it? So um, it's not like a, a, a DRM, uh, yeah, it doesn't have digital rights management locked into oh. PDFs or anything like that. So what, what yeah. it is, you can only view them through a special portal through RPG mm-hmm. Kitchen itself. Mm-hmm. So you can't download them to your computer. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so you need an active internet connection and so forth. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you, you, you can you, you can view them actually on the site, and then I presume if you decide to buy them, then you'll get the actual PDF and you can download it and keep it, I, I presume. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I, I think it's really nice because it just gives people an option to try out RPGs without pirating them, mm. which... Let's face it, is often the way a lot of people find out about new RPGs. Yeah. Which means that then they've got the RPG and they're like, well, I sh- I'll totally buy something for it. And then they never end up doing so. So, yeah. yeah. The other thing here is that from a publisher's point of view, mm-hmm. because Drive Through RPG charges you like 35%. Yes. RPG Kitchen only charges you 10%. Oh, that is nice. Uh, and they said they, they literally they do 100%. Well, zero percent. They let you keep one hundred percent if they didn't have to keep the servers online. So it's literally just paying the cost of operation. It's like they're they're not for profit. I think. Okay. They're basically existing to publicise and mm. uh, make RPGs more accessible. Yeah. Here we go. Which is nice. RPG Kitchen launches a community interest company in twenty twenty. So it's not a charity, but CICs have to invest their profits into the community. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. So it's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's such a wonderful idea. I wonder why that nobody thought of it before. Maybe people did and just couldn't come up with an implementation for it. Maybe people did and they. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, we certainly haven't heard of it. But I, I like this idea. This RPG Kitchen. Do they have a website? Um, yeah, RPG Kitchen. RPG <laughs> dot Kitchen. Oh, there we go. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. we go. Try before you buy. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I love this idea. I don't know. I don't know whether it will work. I don't know whether it will take off. It's new. Yeah. I hope it does. I hope it does. I think that'll be fine if it does. Yeah. Uh, so, do you remember the Loke Battle Mats? The big folder of books. How could I forget? They're gathering dust in my house as we speak. Gathering <laughs> dust? Yeah, I suppose with a uh, pandemic, uh, on, you don't get a chance to use them, do you? No, no. It's like I've got all these beautiful, beautifully well-designed battle mats. Uh, which I very much enjoy playing with. And yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Wah, wah, wah. Eventually, eventually, hopefully, one day. Yeah. One day there won't be a virus. One day. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, the vaccination rates are increasing, which seems like a, a social good. Yes. yes. Anyway. Anyway. We, we digress. Luke Battle Map. So, you know, what, they did their Cyberpunk Battle Map. Oh, yes, yes. Which is extra exciting for you because. You've always been complaining about how it's very hard to find science fiction battle maps. Well, they've signed yeah. a license with our Talsorian Games, who Ooh. produce Cyberpunk Red. Yes. And Loke Battle Mats, 
Their cyberpunk battle map is now the official cyberpunk red battle map. Is it not? Okay, yes. Right, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of Cyberpunk 2077, which is actually a computer game. And it's yes. entirely irrelevant to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It looks like there's yet another $1 million Kickstarter campaign coming along. Oh, goodness. Maybe. That's amazing. Yeah, well, at currently nearly $600,000 for the month to go. Yeah. Dungeons of Drakenheim. That is a solid name. Yeah. So this is from um, the Dungeon Dudes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a 5e adventure where malevolent monsters and rival factions clash in a dark city devastated by a mysterious meteor shower. Oh, exciting. Yeah. The Dungeon Dudes, uh, a live stream game, which is on YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. So, and they've got a big, big following. I think Ooh. it's like a quarter of a million people or something because I don't know how many, but it's a big problem. Wow. They're very, That's very popular. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is kind of like the official, the official, um, product to go with their, with their, their with their sort of uh, live stream adventures. Mm-hmm. So it's the official adventure. And yeah. Yeah. Looks bloody awesome. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's clearly going to be the next $1 million Kickstarter of which we're getting one every few weeks now. Yeah. Wow, that is that is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. But I bet let's have a look. Let's let's have a quick look at who's involved. I guarantee. Is, is, that, is that using backer kit? Yeah, I guarantee. Bet yeah. Let's have a look. At that. Let's check for sure. Collaborators include backer kit, Ghostfire yeah. Gaming, which have been Ooh. collaborators on two other million dollar kickstarters recently. Wow. So yeah, hot. Yeah. Is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Sounds, I mean, it seems pretty consistent, and that's. That's really quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does look pretty amazing. I'm, uh, I'm very, very, very interested in this. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Let us move on. Right. Yes. What else is this? I think we may be near the end of the actual regular news before we dive into the topic. <laughs> topic. Well, the, the horror. The horror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless you can think of anything, I may have missed. No, no, I've got, I've got nothing. I'm afraid. I mean, the TSR stuff has pretty much eaten up all of the news cycles for the entire week. It's yes. just been that every day for an oh. entire week. Yeah, yeah. Because because um, we don't have a guest this week, we won't play the Kickstarter game. But I just want to point out a couple mm-hmm. of Kickstarters that look interesting. Oh yes, yeah, what's caught your eye in the world of Kickstarters? What about Superhero for D and D Fifth Edition? Mm, nice. Understand. This is called so, S5E Superheroic Superheroic Roleplaying for D and D Fifth Edition. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose they've got like the whole level ten to twenty space to play around in. So <laughs> that'd be good luck. Yeah. Um, so this has new classes and trustees, ancestries, and cultures. It's got powers. Everything you need to yeah. play D and D superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the cover art is all very comic book like. You know, oh, it looks yeah. like a comic book. Um, well, well, what sort of thing? Is it like four colour or... Um, no, it looks more... More I don't really know the names of the different things, but it looks sort of, I don't know, 90s-ish? I don't know. Is it, is it looking grim, dark and serious or is it... Um, it's got different exciting? pictures, some of which are all brightly coloured with people throwing fireballs around. It's got some pictures mm-hmm. that aren't. So it, it looks <laughs> like it varies. <laughs> Everyone's so wearing pictures, people you know, fireballs. I mean, yeah, so we've got people. We've got people. people we've got people in lycra <laughs> and wearing masks and just throwing oh, well, glass out of their hands and yeah, yeah. Uh, people with big cloaks and <laughs> yeah. 
standard Time comic thing. book stuff. Um, yes. So let's have a look. So I'm going to have to have a look at how this works with the rule book. So, hmm, okay. You pick your superheroic class. What powers and abilities matter to you in human speed or strength? So it looks like they use a class to define the type of superhero you are. Well, yes. You you need to if you're doing fifth edition. Then along with all the classes, you also got new backgrounds. And the backgrounds are sort of like journalist, scientist, doctor, mysterious billionaire. So they're your alter ego, I guess. It works like. Mm-hmm. And then you've got equipment like Kevlar battle suits and night vision goggles and ballistic missiles, <laughs> weapons, vehicles, that sort of stuff. Yes, yes. And <laughs> then you have the power. So each class has a customized power list. So it's sort of like Ooh. a spell list for spellcasters. Yes, yes. But um, in, in here you get a power list that yes. any of the superheroes can choose from. And then you've got power lists that specific classes can choose from. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, maybe something a bit like City of Heroes or City of Villains, which is a somewhat older computer game. Mm, I remember and that's it, actually. Would be quite yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's still got servers running, believe yeah. it or not. But yeah, so you, you've got, you could choose a type of hero and then you could flavour it as you see. Yeah, it. yeah. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think not, not, not dissimilar. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I, yeah, yeah, that sounds like quite a good go. And it's on Kickstarter. It, it is on Kickstarter. It's got three weeks to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, just started. Uh, yes, yeah, so look, twenty-five dollars for the PDF, mm-hmm. fifty dollars for the book. It's quite right, expensive right. for a PDF, to be fair, but the book seems yeah. reasonable. Well, it sounds like it's got a lot of artwork in, so I guess that would increase costs. Yeah, I guess but, so. Yeah. I guess so. But yeah, that looks really interesting. I just wanted to call that because uh, we're not doing the Kickstarter game, but I just wanted to call that one out because superheroes in five E. I don't think I've actually seen that yet. No, no, just like. Uh, theoretically. So, uh, how close place their funding gold? Uh, they're well, well and truly funded several times over. They're doing really well. Oh, there you go. They're yeah. just steaming ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. They're on about 18,000 at the moment or something like that. Choo choo. Yeah. Doing my well. Marvelous. Yeah. Oh, my, uh, yeah, my current Kickstarter is chugging along. Oh, yes, yes. Um, something to do with spells, I think. Spells of the Ages. Arch Magic for D&D 5th Edition. There you go. I even remember what we yes. was <laughs> Well, I do so many of them, you can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, it's been, what, one a week for the past, I don't know, four or five months? Well, well, not one a week, but yeah, it's quite fast. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been, if it's not one a week, it's been pretty damn close. It's, it's, like, it's yeah. one every three weeks. So two weeks one on, one weeks. week off, two weeks on, one week off. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's still a lot of Kickstarters. It is a lot of Kickstarters. This is the 12th, I think, of these Quickstarters. Yeah. So my 25th yes, Kickstarter altogether. 12th yes. of the mini Quickstarters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funded. Done really nice. well. Uh, it's got Excellent. two weeks uh, to go. Was it one week to go? Just over a week to go. <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is what you have a calendar yeah. for. <laughs> and so this has 38 new spells. Nice. And they're all kind of nature and healing themed. So they're spells for druids okay. and rangers and also a whole new school of magic for wizards, the Ecomancer. Oh. Ecomancer. And right. this, this is basically, you know, Radagast the Brown. Radagast the Brown. Yes. yes. So that's, that's what the Ecomancer is. Yeah. There's even a spell so. called Summon Nature's Slay. If you work on a sleigh pulled by bunny rabbits, just like Radagast in the Hobbit film. Uh, I mean, if you don't want a sleigh pulled by bunny rabbits <laughs> now, after you've heard of its existence, I can't help you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But I think the highlight of this book is the upcasting stuff. 
So you know, you know, in fifth edition, obviously you cannot cast any spell by using a higher level spell slot. Okay, so, yeah. But not all no. of them have effects that take place. Only I think about a third of them. Third of the spells in fifth edition will specifically tell you what happens. Oh, additional okay. effects that take place when you use a higher level yeah. spell slot. So mm-hmm. we've added um, effects for nineteen more spells. Oh. Okay. So just increasing so, the number of spells that have specific effects when you upcast them. So there's 38 novel spells, 38 which are brand new ones, yeah. which are not not seen before. And then you've got 19 existing spells, but it's like an upgrade to them. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So okay. they are alarm, alter self, arcane lock, blur, darkness, dark vision, detect magic, detect thoughts, disguise self, enlarge, reduce, yeah. expeditious retreat, feather fall, floating disc, jump, knock, mage armor, suggestion, unseen servant, and web. Nice. I do like a good expeditious retreat. Mm. So I shall be interested to see what yeah. it's got going on. I mean, obviously, they're all quite low-level spells because that gives you the room to upcast oh, yeah. them. You can't, oh, cool. you can't yeah. upcast a ninth-level spell for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you an example. So yeah, so there's Alter Self, for example, at higher levels. If you use a fifth-level spell slot, you can add extra forms that you can adopt, like greater oh, yeah. magical weapons or Mask of the Grave or, or, or things. Nice. Yeah, that does sound exciting. It does sound yeah. fun. It does sound very much like Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think we have finished. We have finished the news. Okay, everything is ready. Dice, rule books, snacks. Are you ready, Jimbo? I have everything I need right here. You're all set? Got everything? Yep, yep, all ready. And is your character finished? Fendrowella Masterax, the wizard. Hmm. And what is his name? Bobbins, the wobbly donkey. And the name of his mount? Precognition. That is an odd name. Anyway, you said Fendrew is an elf with a special ability. He eats a lot of turnips. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And does the donkey have any needs? Yes, he can answer questions before they're even asked. Ah, and Fendrew the elf I see here can peer into the future? That's right, it keeps folks on their toes. And does he always answer questions before they're even asked? Oh, probably once or twice a day. Ah, does Fendro have any religious needs? Regular prayers to the gods of foresight? He can only turn left. Oh, and what's this note you have about the donkey here? He's got an eye patch on his right eye. Really? What caused that? The Archbishop of Lesser Severington. Okay, right. Who, right, who sent you on this adventure? An ancient relic. And what is the ultimate goal of your quest? A moment to use the bathroom. Okay. Anything else before we start? No, no, not at all. So you're at the entrance of the Catacombs of Terror. Do you need to make any preparations before entering? I light my torch. You enter the caves. It's dark. Very dark. A flock of what must be bats, or worse, brushes past you. A spider the size of a large dog scuttles by. I stroke it affectionately behind its floppy ears. Your donkey brays fearfully. I'll eat that for breakfast. You tighten the saddlebags on your donkey's back. Careful to make sure your travel rations are safe. I carefully set fire to them. Okay. Moving into the tunnel. The way is blocked. Spiderwebs fill the passage. I eat them as fast as I can. Now that the way is clear, you can see some magical fungi which will grant you the ability to see in the dark. I immediately blindfold myself. The fearful gorgon, known only as Medusa, stands in your way. All who look upon her will be turned to stone. I give it a loving hug, my heart filled with sadness. Unfortunately, your donkey looked upon the beast and has been petrified, doomed to spend eternity as a statue. I swing it about my head and let it fly in the direction of Medusa. Your mighty throwing hammer is in your grasp. 
I use it vigorously on my foot. Medusa is slain, brought down by your accurate throw. You've sprained an ankle in the fight, but you have a healing kit. I will search Medusa's lair for anything of value. The lair is a mess. In the corner, you see Medusa's cooking pot. I place it carefully upon my head. However, amongst Medusa's possessions lies her crown. A treasure which slows down time for the wearer, allowing them to react to events at their leisure. <sighs> That's better. Now that you wear the crown, your precognition is dampened. It seems that the two effects cancel each other out, leaving you able to perceive time normally. That was getting quite harrowing, I can tell you. I could tell. Well, at least we could talk normally now. What do you mean? Well, you're answering all my questions before I even ask them. If I wasn't aware of your ability, your answers would seem quite nonsensical. I haven't been using my precognitive ability. You haven't? No, I've been answering in real time all along. But, but you, you mean your character really is called Bobbin's Wobbly Donkey? You truly meant to set fire to your rations. You cuddled the face of Medusa. Oh, yes. What did you think I was doing? Well, that changes everything. I mean, your actions here will have led to your certain doom. Ah, no worries. I have a new character here. And what is this character's name? Oh, where did I put it? Hopefully this one won't have any precognitive powers. Galantrix the Mighty. And what powers does Galantrix have? Don't worry, no precognition. Does this character have a donkey too? No, no, this character answers the question before last. Okay, we can work with that. So who sent Galandrix on this quest? A fleet-footed mule. And what is the mule's name? The Archprince of the Seven Realms. Uh, and what is their name? Uh, Floppy Top. Okay, so you're in front of the catacomb again. What do you have in your pack? Lord Valerius Hammerhand, the bringer of justice. Very well. You venture into the caves. Do you have a weapon at the ready? A large wheel of cheese. Your donkey is nervous. What do you settle him down? My mighty axe. Within the cave, you encounter a venomous black dragon. Sinfrano fix the cruel who stares at you with death in its eyes. I give it a carrot. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Are you ready to talk about the exciting, the, uh, exciting is really the wrong word, the, the, the dumpster fire, I guess, which is the news about TSR over the last week. Yeah, yes. I mean, sort of the, 
it, it, so that's that's my sort of interest, sort of a horrifying fascination. I'm like, I'm not really sure I want to look, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's like they're making such an absolute state of themselves in a world at public place that you're like, are they okay? Mm, right. So <laughs> I think we should start with some definitions first of all. Oh God. Then. So we did cover this in last week's podcast, but I just want to go over it again just yes. in case people haven't heard last week's podcast. So there are three TSRs we're talking about. Yes. So I'm going to call them TSR one, TSR two, yes. and TSR three. Yes. In a, an yes. amazing leap of creativity, that's what I'm going to call them. Although um, I have heard um, some people call them TSR three three SR, which is quite quite fun. I quite like three SR. I, I think that's giving them a lot of credit here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so TSR one is the original TSR tactical studies rules back in the 1970s, which yep. created Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. Went defunct in the late 90s, yep. got bought by Wizards of the Coast, who relaunched yep. D&D with 3rd edition. So TSR 1 yep. no longer exists. Yes. It is an on, ex-company. Buddy. It is a defunct company. It is shuffled off this mortal coil. It is... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go bang it from the shop counter, <laughs> yeah. yes, then it, it would just make a sad, funky noise. Yes. So, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not dead. It's just rested. No. Uh, anyway... <laughs> The trademark for TSR one had a, had lapsed, so presumably around about the two thousands. Yeah. So in twenty eleven, yep. uh, Jason Elliott yes created TSR two. Yes. Obviously, all of these were just are just calling themselves TSR. So yeah. well, we're calling it TSR two just to make things clear. So uh, TSR two was launched with the cooperation of Ernie and Luke Gygax, Gary Gygax's yes. sons, yes, to create a magazine called Gygax Magazine. And I think it's Luke Gygax that's involved with running Gary Cole, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, fast forward to now. Yes. Jason Elliott fails to uh, re-register the paperwork to keep the trademark for TSR. He missed a clerical deadline in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, Mm -hmm. yes. And someone called uh, Justin Lernasa... Or no, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name in Lanasa, Lanasa, something like that. L A N A S A. Normally, I'd care a lot more. So, but it's just some guy. Yeah, uh, he, along with uh, Ernie Gygax and mm-hmm. Stephen Dinehart, swooped in yeah. yes. to snap up that trademark right. and launch TSR three. I see. So there are now three TSRs. Uh, and then Ernie Gygax last week did that big interview. With a YouTube site, which is what kind of kicked off all of this controversy. Yes, that's where he uh, espouses various bigoted opinions and how life was better in the 1970s before women could have bank accounts. Yeah. So we uh, we covered that interview in the last episode. I don't think we need to cover that particular interview again because so much has happened since. So people can go and listen to the last episode if they want to hear our commentary on that. But that brings us yes. up to date now, I think. Yes, yes. As I recall, myself and Sarah had a lovely time um, just laughing at his irrelevancy. And yet here he is again in the news cycle. <laughs> Exciting. Not going away, this story. It is not going away. Yes, yes. It it's is like not. a particularly annoying um, infected spot of some kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, first of all, a whole bunch of companies have backed away from the new TSR, from TSR3. Ah, no, I am shocked. <laughs> shocked. Shocked, I say. This, this, this you see here, yeah, this is, we'll just have to imagine my most shocked face yeah. at this point. Well, this was after TSR3 started making some really interesting tweets. When you say interesting, 
Are we talking outright bigotry, hate speech, or just really stupid? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the tweets are, and you decide for yourself. So we don't know who's actually making these tweets. We The suspicion is that it's Justin Lanassa. The person who's getting all the flack at the moment is Ernie Gygax, because he's the only name that's kind of out there in public. But there's... Oh. Yes, he, he's, he said, I'm TSR, and these are my terrible takes of everything. Um, but, but whoever's running this t- Twitter account is saying horrible yeah. stuff too, and the right. suspicion is this is Justin Lanassa. Yes. Now, Justin uh-huh. Lanassa was a politician, a Republican. Really? In America, ran for office, uh-huh. didn't win. Right. In a southern state, I don't know which. Um, right. Uh, one of the, one of the big things that upturned his campaign was when a video emerged of him making two female employees wrestle in grits in order to earn a promotion. Grits being a sort of porridge. Yeah, some kind of American porridge thing. Don't at us, we don't need to know exactly what grits is, but it's a, it's a thing that exists and that's a thing that he did. Right, right. So, uh, why were they wrestling? <laughs> well, we don't. Know. We don't know. We do not know. Okay, but anyway, that's just but, telling you who this guy is. But it certainly tells us a lot about his moral fibre. So, fair, so, so failed politician yeah. just in the last. And that's yeah. who we think is behind this Twitter account. It might right. be Stephen mm. Dinehart, or it might be just right. in the NASA. My feeling is it's the latter, but we don't know. And they're not. Oh, okay. They're not putting their name up there. They're, they're, they're the no. only public name really be Ernie Gygax, and they're hiding behind the TSR brand. So you don't necessarily know who's exactly saying these things. Yeah. Anyway, well, so they started off sort of um, trying to distance themselves from Ernie. So the TSR, this is the TSR Games Twitter account, the official yeah. new TSR, TSR Games 3 Twitter account. So it's the okay. interview is Ernie's opinions, not ours. Ernie is Ernie. We won't tolerate being targeted by trolls, and we really do our best to keep politics out of it. We welcome everyone. So that's their initial stance. That's where they come out of the gate with that. Um, that is, on face of it, a good stance to have. Like, I'd like to think that we're pretty welcoming to people. You know who I'm not welcoming to? I'm not welcoming to people who will make other people at my table feel awful, uncomfortable, and unwelcome. Because mm. that's kind of really rude. Mm. Like, you know, just on the face of it, it's like the feed, the feed, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons that it could be, but like, yeah, just on the face of it, people are going to go and be rude to other players sitting at your table are nasty. Well, it's it's Popper's po- paradox, isn't it? The, the paradox of tolerance, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, they shortly afterwards posted, again on Twitter, we are intolerant of hatred of any kind from all sides. All players are welcome at our table. Thanks to the role-playing game, we have a deep commitment to diversity and inclusion. I mean, do they even read what they're writing? Well, they haven't, well they haven't written all the stuff yet, but okay. <laughs> this is where it starts to take a turn now. Well, I, I, I certainly think having a deep commitment to being anti-hatred, to being pro for diversity and inclusion, I think it's a very laudable so good yes. work. Yeah. And that's where it ends, right? We don't have any Yeah, more... that's where it ends, and it's all fine. Yeah, it's all great. They're tolerant, they're into diversity and inclusion. Yeah, that's where it ends. There's no more to this story. Thank goodness for that. Phew! But this isn't a happy ending, is it? No. But they weren't able to just say, oh, we're, we're awfully sorry, we don't know what happened. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Okay. The next tweet says, 
If you don't like Gary Gygax, you probably shouldn't play D&D. But we hear Milton Bradley was a pretty good guy. You might like his voice versus virtue games. Goodness, that has the form of an insult, but is so obscure and nerdy that it is in... Well, it's gatekeeping and it's strongest, isn't it? It's like, if you are yeah. not into old-school role-playing, and bear in mind, this is all in the context of that interview that Ernie did where he talked about the ethics and morals of old-school role-playing, which is in that... It's all in that context. You have to take that into account. So what... Oh, yeah, so they're saying, if you don't like the did ethics you, and morals... Can at any point say what the ethics and morals of, quote, old-school gaming actually are? Um, at any point? Or is he just say... But just assume that everyone knows what they are, well, because... Yeah, so what he was referring to there, as best anyone can make out, is you know Mm -hmm. these uh, statements that Wizards has put on older products when they're selling them on DriveThruRPG? They put a disclaimer there saying that the ethics and morals of the time Mm. um, may offend today. You know like how Disney does in front of some older cartoons now? Yeah. And Wizards of the Coast are doing that. So that is the ethics and morals to which Ernie Gygax was supposedly referring. Right, right. So the fact that Wizards of the Coast is distancing themselves from those, from some of the portrayals, right. and some of the things that are in those earlier products that are problematic yeah. these days. So people who thought it was okay to have a lot of rampant sexism in their games, that's a sign of the time? And so like on. I say, I mean, and so on, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that's... Et cetera, so, et cetera. So TSR kind of like um, is saying, if you don't like Gary Gygax, and by that, I think they're pretty much saying, if you don't like the ethics and morals of old school role playing, if you if you think these disclaimers yeah. are a good idea, all that sort of stuff, oh, I, they're saying I, I, you I, shouldn't I, play D&D. They're gatekeeping. Well, don't play D&D then. I don't particularly have a strong opinion on Gary Gygax. Uh, I do recall that there is a fairly frequently reposted thing where he's says that women have no place in role-playing games and mm. i have to say that that does seem very strange for a man who played with his daughter he did post that, uh, yeah. yeah and it's like well that's like unfortunate and unpleasant but trying to say that D is now gary gygax i mean when was the last time to be fair he was involved with writing anything like before second edition wasn't it yeah well for D right. specifically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah going back D&D, to the early yeah. 80s yeah yeah so okay like we shouldn't play engage with a thirty year old product because of what happened. Uh, anyway, sorry, I've tried to make sense out of this. My bad. <laughs> yes, I yeah. see where I'm going yeah, wrong. Yeah. Now. Okay, so right, please now, continue. So yes. that's one Twitter account. Now they have three Twitter accounts. They have TSR they games, have, so, they can, so they can have three times your full. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very space saving. Yeah. If you're looking so for it, by the way, it's TSR underscore games. There's another one which is TSR games, which is uh, which is uh, TSR two. TSR three is TSR underscore games. On Twitter. And we'd just like to stress that at this point, TSR2 at TSR Games are perfectly nice people who have done nothing TSR2 wrong. TSR2 are fine, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah like they, they've made Top Secret, which is a spy game, could be nice, but currently they're going to be getting a lot of flack online in the same way that there's a, um, I think he's a Canadian broadcaster called Matthew Gertz, who every time the Republican congressperson Matt Gates does something horrible, which he does a lot. People write to him, the Canadian broadcaster, and tell him off being such an awful human being. Oh dear, that is unfortunate. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite funny. He he's grown used to it, and I think just likes that he has the wrong guy, and it's just like has it on auto repeat mm. or something. But yeah, we just like to say that at TSR Games, 
They seem alright. Yeah. TSR two. Yeah. TSR TSR games. Just call just call them TSR one, TSR two, and TSR three. Just to be clear. Otherwise, yeah. Oh, that's why I'm saying the actual address for the Twitter account is called TSR two. They're lovely people. Let's leave them be. Anyway, so or buy a game top secret. Cheer them up. Hello, your editor Daryl here. So. This is an ongoing story, and between the recording of this episode and my editing of the episode, there's already been more news. I'm putting it here because they just brought up the Twitter account of TSR2. TSR2, which again is the company called TSR Games, which was created by Jason Elliott in 2011, has stated on Twitter that they have rebranded to Salarian Games. They will continue to publish Top Secret and other products, but the company name will be changing and they do have a new logo. The Twitter account at the time I'm recording this is still at TSR Games with no punctuation, as opposed to TSR3 from Justin Lanasa, whose account is still at TSR underscore games. But I do expect that Twitter account name to change in the coming days. And here's hoping there's nothing else that happens while I'm ending this episode, unlike what happened during last week's bonus content episode, where I had to do this three times due to breaking updates. So anyway, TSR3 has three Twitter accounts in total. So they have that. They have right. one called Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum, which is the museum they're setting up in Lake Geneva with loads of old uh, collectible items from the 70s and 80s for D&D. So I guess they don't see the irony of someone pointing at them saying, oh, this belongs in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> and also they have an account called Giant Lands, which is their oh. flagship product, the one written by Jim Ward, which they took over yes. and are now selling as their flagship product. I think that's the actual Kickstarter that they've actually managed to deliver. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. as opposed to the other ones, yeah. So anyway, so Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum hosts... Yeah. Since the online woke push to derail TSR, thank you, the woke, sales are up. Okay. Okay. So this is where they're starting to go off the rails here. Starting to? Okay. Oh, okay. The next <laughs> one's bad. Next one's bad. <laughs> so, okay. a trans woman on Twitter asked okay. them uh, to yes. just say, we here at TSR think trans women are women, trans men are men, and trans lives matter. She just said, please just say that. Yeah. And that'll, 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 that'll basically put an end to it. Just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? They, they use their giant man's account to reply to this. One of the three accounts. These okay. giant man's accounts. Right. Do you know what they said to her? What? You are disgusting. Wow. Wow. Exactly. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, uh, I, mean, I, I, I can't even, I, Wow. Did people not have basic manners in the 70s? Is that what they're trying to It's not even just manners, isn't it? That's so yeah. transphobic. That's so. That's horrible. Well, it's, I mean, it, it's not, it's not unfortunately surprising because they made it pretty clear where they stand mm. and they're just trying to, what's it, having a go at woke people. So people who are vaguely aware of yeah, yeah. the ramifications of the society in which we live. Yeah. I presume all the ones who are deploring property yeah. structure. Anyway. And Ernie Gygax tweets, I told my mm-hmm. ma this is all her fault. I was raised with Christian values. Ah, uh, well. Christian values being neighbor. to call trans women disgusting? Is that what Christian values means? I, I don't I know. Thought, I thought love thy neighbour as thy love thyself One was thing. a fairly key part of Christian values. At least that's what I remember mm. from school. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. Perhaps it's changed. So anyway, 
at this point, a bunch of companies yeah. turned around and said, oh, yeah. we're way backing our way here. We want to make it yeah. really, really clear we've got nothing to do with them. Yeah, yeah. So, do you recall the uh, TSR2 was going to be licensing their own name from TSR3 after TSR3 swooped on the trademark? We mentioned that last yeah, week. Yes. Uh, after, after Ernie Gygax and co sniped the trademark from his erstwhile friend and then proceeded to back now how badly his sales were doing, they graciously allowed them to rent the trademark back for like $10 a year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, here. Yeah. Yeah. So, TSR2. Yes. Update to our earlier tweet. We will not be licensing anything from the new company claiming rights mm-hmm. to CSR logos. We are not working with them in any fashion. And TSR2 is basically just removing all TSR branding from their name, mm. from their company, wow. and just going with top secret as, as their branding. Yeah. Well, they, they're just trying to move away from the horribly, possibly even irredeemably tainted brand the TSR has mm. become. Yeah. But Gen Con tweets, Gen Con is not associated with TSR games and we don't support their recent statements. While the foundation of Gen Con is tied with the history of TTRPGs, our goal is to build off the good, acknowledge the bad, and work towards a present free of racism, misogyny, and homophobia. Yeah. Um, then someone asked them whether TSR 3 would be allowed at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And Gen Con says, we would deny them if they applied. Yes. yes. So they said that TSR3 is not welcome at Gen Con. Yeah, I suppose they're a private company and they can have who they like. Mm. And if they think that the values espoused are pretty horrible and extremely rude and seems likely to cause like a lot of bad feeling amongst people, they, they, they have the right of admission and they've reserved it and they've said mm. no. So fair enough. So they're not the only people to do this, though. So Gamma, the Game Manufacturers Association. Oh, well, it's nice to hear about them in the context. Actually, no, we're hearing about them in the context of a scandal, but it's not their fault this okay. time. We are aware of the appalling statements published by TSR Games and their founder. Gamma does not <laughs> condone nor agree with any part of it. We pride ourselves on supporting and promoting inclusivity always. Our motto is a game at every table, a table for everyone. Transphobia, racism, and sexism will not be tolerated. That means TSR is not welcome at Origins Game Fair, Gamma Expo, or any event affiliated with our organization. Seems logical. I mean, if you've got a whole group of people... If you, if you have people like TSR saying, we don't want these people at our tables, then that does go directly contra contrary to their mission statement mm. and ethos. Yeah, and uh, there have been a lot of other, um, I'm not going to list them all, but other conventions have said similar things, saying they're not well. Mm-hmm. So next we move on to Jeff D. So he's an artist, TSR yes. artist from the old days, and they've been yes. using his name as part of the thing, part of the, hey, we've got the old gang back together. Trading on his reputation. Okay. He says, there is a rumour going around that I am part of this new TSR company. This is not accurate. Mm-hmm. I have done some work for them as a freelance artist. Uh, this is how I make my living. But spreading yep. the misinformation that I'm now employed full-time by one particular client could stop other clients from approaching me and hurt my business. So please do not spread that rumour. Then he updates it. After investigating reports about statements made by representatives of this new TSR, I have determined that I can no longer do business with them in good conscience. I've returned their down payment on the next piece of art I was scheduled to do for them. Wow. Good for him. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty hard when you're a freelancer and have to actually turn down money. Yeah. But 
I guess there are some people that just make themselves so toxic and horrible that you just don't want to be associated. Yeah. He also says he could he could sure use some new commissions to make up for this big hit on his cash flow. So if you do need some art, contact Jeff D because uh, he just had to turn down some art from the new tiers out. Yeah, so there you go. It's like uh, an excellent artist available for hire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jim Ward. TSR alumnus, original TSR 1 alumnus. He wrote Giant Lands before TSR 3 ever existed. TSR 3 has basically acquired Giant Lands since. And it's now their flagship product. But he's not affiliated with Giant Lands now, other than having been the person who originally wrote it. So just to be 100% clear, TSR 3 have produced no original products and... Yeah. No, produce no products. (laughs) No original products. They have have, have no products produced... (laughs) How are they selling things if they've got no products? Well, they've got, they've anyway, got sorry, pre-orders yeah. for this giant man's. Here I am applying logic yeah. to things again. Yeah. So he says, at present time, I know little or nothing about the relaunch of TSR. Right now, I don't see how anyone could pick up where the old company left off. Yes, it's a name mm. with some logos. That is all I know. Yes. So The symbol is not the thing. Yes, fair enough. So this new TSR, TSR 3, has been mm-hmm. doubling down on and repeatedly saying that they are... The original. Yes, they're the reincarnation. Yes. TSR. So. Yes. They're not. Let's make it clear. They're not. Well, well, obviously they're not. (laughs) So, but they've been making statements along the lines of, we created this hobby. Or when Gen Con said uh, they were banned from Gen Con, they're going, banned from the convention which we created back in the day. Because the original TSR 1 created Gen Con back in the 70s. Right, right. So they're claiming so they're not TSR they're, one. Yeah, they're claiming yeah. they literally are TSR one. They're not TSR one. Yeah. They've just registered the TSR trademark. Huh. They are not TSR one, so, and not a single person involved in this company yes. was part of TSR one. Not a yeah. single person. Uh, I mean, at this stage, they can't even get artists who worked for TSR one yeah. to work for yeah. them. So to to, to, oh, to be clear, they are not TSR one. No matter what they say, they are not the TSR reborn or anything. They're a brand new company calling itself TSR. Well, I'm very clear that they have, they've created nothing. They've contributed nothing to the hobby. All they're doing is, I don't know, stirring up the bottom yeah. of the phone in order Justin, to advance just, their Justin Lanasa was never involved with TSR. Um, Stephen Deinhart was never involved with TSR. And Ernie Gygax wasn't on any creative level at all either at the so time. Who, who is it? Who is this Stephen Dinehart? Uh, so he worked with Jim Ward on Giant Lands oh, and oh. is one of the three people that founded this new company. Okay, so there's what? One 50% credit on an RPG and the other two have done... Yeah, I mean, they're all nothing. involved with like the uh, Dungeon Hobby Museum. So it's not like they're not mm-hmm. connected to the industry at all. But Well, they're sort of... I don't know, curating objects? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, sure, yeah. why not? And this could be part of the RPG yeah. hobby, I guess. Yeah. But see, yeah. this, this claim that they are the original TSR is something that comes up frequently. Um, various people have pointed yes. out otherwise. Like Shannon Applecline, who has, who we had yeah. on the show a while back and is oh, a, basically a D&D historian, has tweeted yeah. very clearly that registering the logo doesn't make you that company in the same way. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a guy, there's a guy, <laughs> the, the trademark for Gygax is actually available. At the moment, if I go and register right. that tomorrow, that doesn't make me Gary Gygax. I can't go out and start saying, I am now Gary Gygax. I created DD. That's not how it works. 
well, maybe that, well, I don't know if there's a trademark for Gargo. Maybe, maybe Ernie should, like, I don't know, try and trademark it or something. No, whatever. <laughs> like this big uh, thing we're like, going on with Dale Gygax, which is Gary Gygax's widow and legal disputes yeah. over the rights of the name and all sorts of stuff going on there. Right. It's all a bit of a mess, that. It is all a bit of a mess. <laughs> so, Luke Gygax. Okay. Another, another Gygax brother, the one who runs Gary Corn. Yeah. All in all, seemingly a decent bloke. I've never, I've yeah. never met him or spoken to him, but he seems, he seems, from what I hear, to be a decent bloke. Ha, ha, has so far successfully managed to not court internet controversy yeah. with rudeness yeah. and um, open transfer. And up until this point, he hadn't okay. commented on this TSL three thing, but he's he kind of he's yeah. kind of forced like he kind of has to now because the name is yeah. attached. And stuff. So he says, for your information, I am not involved with any TSR company. Nor yes. is Gary Con, Gary Con, nor anyone else in my family outside of Ernie. Full stop. That's all. Yes. I have reasons yes. for distancing myself. The way TSR <laughs> treats people online in their public exchanges is rude. The yes. museum is a for-profit business, but is asking for donations. Yeah. Using names of people to promote without their knowledge. Wait, 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 wait. The museum is for-profit. Mm. So essentially, the well, okay, so it's not a charity, which is sort of what I assumed it was, but it's actually just a way for them to enrich themselves. Well, by... no, no, I'm just telling you okay. what Luke said. I haven't looked into the museum at all. No, so. no. I, I mean, no. But at this stage, I would be very surprised if it was actually had any sort of socially conscious aims or any desire to educate and help people out and learn about mm-hmm. role-playing games. It just seems like yet another grift. Yeah. So anyway, Luke goes yeah. on. So Stop. using the names of people to promote without their knowledge... Going yes. out of the way to talk gender woke stuff. Also, basically jacking the TSR logo from Jason Elliott. <laughs> the bombastic <laughs> press releases and claims to old IP. Making a quick yes. nostalgia grab based on my father's name and not much else. So I'm making it clear I don't like this style and I have zero to do with TSR. That's what he said. Ooh, strong words. Strong words. So TSR yeah. responds... This is part of a pattern. TSR basically responds to critics with insults. And if you go if you go onto their thing and just look at the tweets and replies thing and look at how they respond to people rather than the statements they're making, they're generally just short insults to people who criticize them. So Right. So so obviously these sort of is this again part of seventies values if someone says something that you disagree with you Who knows? are rude to them rather than actually trying to no. engage. Okay, so well, CSR replies, CSR 3 replies, and we think this is probably Justin Lanasa. We're not sure who's running this account. Mm. says, mm. stop making up stuff, Luke. You were never part of TSR. I mean, I'm sure that's probably true because he can't have been that old. But mm, exactly. Out, can he? But anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah. a bit later... But, but certainly, certainly a bit rich from people who are never part of TSR yeah. to censor someone for not having fucking part yeah. of TSR. But there's a little bit of an exchange that goes on. And then late, and a bit a few days later, TSR 3 goes, Luke, you are a tool. Or Luke, you are just a tool. It's like... They're just like calling people names here at this point. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It feels... And I mean, this seems like maybe a bit of a weird idea, but it feels very much like a an extended temper tantrum. I, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's it's certainly not the bastions of cruel, ra- cool rationality that they would like to think It gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. So, Good Lord. Tim Cask, original TSR guy, worked at TSR until like 18, 1980-ish, I think, something like that. Hmm. He made yes. this YouTube, like a, a long YouTube video. Uh, yes. And part of it, he, uh, he, he addressed 
this thing. So I've slipped out the bit, the bit of it that's that's relevant. Even that's quite long, so I, so I, so I won't read it on. So it goes, there's been bandied about in social media, blah, blah, blah. Ernie Gygax made an egregious mistake in an interview, basically waved his bare ass in front of everybody. Um, <laughs> the transcripts of the podcast are there for everyone to read. Um, and they alienated three quarters of the gaming industry, probably more than that. So They've alienated pretty much everyone who's heard them mm. because like, every time they do something, it's awful. Mm. Who, who's got time for this? Yeah. So he says, this whole thing's brought the OSR into serious disrepute. Yeah, I need. And he goes, um, yeah. He goes, no, we weren't all like that, and we aren't all like that now. There, there are said, people, many people, including myself, who quite enjoy the values, as we understand them, of OSR, which is like it's it's a game. It's a style of gaming. Yeah, it's a style of gaming. It's a style of gaming. It's not as story focused as modern D D, but it doesn't mean it. It doesn't mean that we have no time for story gaming. Mm. It doesn't mean that there's like no interest whatsoever in like anything new it's just like you know this is a a an exercising creativity and ingenuity and it's fun mm. and like you, you don't have to be high powered to play games that that is very much the like core of it at heart and certainly people who haven't as far as the record shows had an original idea in 40 odd years are maybe not the best people to talk about it mm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he goes, no, we weren't all like that. I mean, yeah. we weren't all like that now. He's yeah. a troll, a yeah. troglodyte, and yeah. Neanderthal, if he really means that. <laughs> I, I feel it's a bit hard on cave dwellers, but I see where he's coming from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he goes, there's been claims in a couple of posts, one of which is by Ernie, about how the Star Wars, the old TSR, are flocking to the banner. Bullshit. <laughs> There is no one of the creative side of TSR from the early days involved with the Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum. No one. Not one creative person. No matter who might be claiming what, they simply do not have the credentials. Being named DiMaggio does not mean you can hit a lot of home runs or that you even hit any home runs. Just because you say you're TSR doesn't mean you are. Those are the words of Tim Kask. Who was part of the original TSR, mm-hmm. and this we presume may in fact know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, I know. So I mean, this is really like halfway through the week of stuff. <laughs> so it just gets worse. It gets yes, worse. Yeah. So TSR is is basically under fire at this stage. Everyone is well, pushing well, back against. Well, it's just like a. It's actually a, a dumpster that has caught fire mm. uh, with all the various trash that they've decided yeah. to have into it. So there's a slightly unexpected turn of events. You know what, Russ? Like, I'm feeling like we've done a sketch on precognition. I'm going to use my precognitive abilities that I feel it's temporarily endowed me with. I'm going to say that this, that this, uh, what's it, the, the Dungeon of RPG Museum or whatever the it was Dungeon called. Hobby Shop. The Museum. Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum. Right. I'm, I'm going to, reach out in the far future and predict that the first few reviews are overpriced, not very much good stuff in there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I very much doubt it's going to be a carefully created, beautifully laid out place. I think it's going to be a dingy basement where they're going to try and get as much money off you for as little effort as possible. Yeah. That's just my thinking. Okay, I don't know. I we'll literally don't see. know. I couldn't, I couldn't so, comment on that. But anyway. We so, can't comment on that. In an unexpected turn of events. Yes. A shocking turn of events. Mm. The uh, people behind TSR3. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Stephen Deinhardt, 
and Ernie Gygax post yes. similar tweets. Okay. In which they blame all the pushback that they've been receiving on social media and yeah. elsewhere. They yeah. blame it all on guess who? Oh, oh, oh. Is it, quote, the woke, unquote? Nope. <gasps> D&D publisher Wizards the Coast. <laughs> <laughs> they blame it all on there. This is a company. Wizards of the Coast has not said a word about this. They have been completely silent on this whole topic. Not a tweet, not a word, nothing. Because they, because they're a completely different company. Why would they talk about? Oh my god! Okay. So this is what. So Giant Heart and Ernie Gygax both posted this tweet. There's right, been right, right. a coordinated assault across various oh. Oh, channels yeah, yeah. being mounted upon me. My company, yeah. our products, and our staff by Wizards of the Coast. I need right, your help right. to stop it before someone gets hurt. We <laughs> created this business. No, you didn't. We are TSR. Please support us at... And then they give the link to the TSR website. I, I, I mean, it's like I'm sort of horrified and impressed by their dedication to this grift. Imagine if they to Wizards of the Coast, it's like, what? What I, I, are you thinking? I, I mean, surely, like, if you're going to go for a nostalgia thing, then you could just say, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you should try our stuff. It's quite cool. And remember what it was like when you were kids? You could play this. That that would have been a really nice selling point. And I was like, it's not for me. But I'd be like, oh, fair play to him. You crack on, mate. But as it is, it's like we want to recreate the 1970s in the present day, mm. which is like, I don't know, 50 years later. Like, how about no? You don't yeah. want it back. It was it. We tried it. Didn't like it. Moved on. Ah, oh, dear me. So, Ernie Gygax posted a lengthy Facebook apology. He apologised. I say apology. I don't think it actually says the word sorry. Is, is it? Is it a further diatribe? Uh, do you want me to tell you what it says, or do you not want? To? I. I mean, can you give me the gist? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it starts, I wish to state in the strongest terms that I never meant to hurt anyone of any race, creed, or colour. He doesn't say sorry, but uh, he says he never intended to hurt anyone. Notice he doesn't mention trans people in that, which is one of the people. Yeah. Well, that's because he believes trans people didn't exist, because he's not very observant and... Quite, quite frankly, uh, not not perhaps playing with a full deck, but... Anyway. No. Well, then he goes on to talk about his childhood. It turns into a thing about him, his childhood... And how he was bullied at school. Ah, so he's making an apology, and the way he sees to do this is by making it all about him and his hurt feelings. But he hasn't okay. said sorry. He hasn't actually made an apology. He's made a statement. No. I'll, I'll replace he, that. He's, he's made, made a statement. He's made a statement. Okay. Okay. So he talks. He talks about the way he was bullied at school. Yes. Which I'm sorry. I mean, that, you know, it's horrible being bullied. I understand. It's yeah, not. It's not nice. It's, it's, it's not an excuse. It's, issue, but yeah. it's not an excuse. But it is horrible being bullied. Then yeah. he talks. Then he says uh, he played the violin. Okay. And then he says he wishes that he had a Thompson 45 machine gun inside so that he could wipe away some of those laughs. Now, I think wow. that's called a school shooting. Yeah, because he's making, I don't know, is, that, is he making threats? Uh, well, he's saying that's what he wished when he was a kid. Right, right. So if he'd had the opportunity to shot up his school with a Thompson 45 machine gun. He well, changed that's... that later. He edited it and replaced oh. it except to say, I wish I had superpowers, perhaps become a giant. So he changed it right, later right. after some people pointed out, what are you actually talking about a school shooting there? Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, well, I, su- I suppose there were less... Was school shooting less common in the 1970s? I don't know. I can't remember. No. 
I don't think they were that big, were they? Yeah. So basically, oh. he basically talks about himself, but it's, yeah. it's not really an apology, it's a statement, and he, yeah. he sort of references that. Right. So he makes Which a statement. Is... So he was bullied, and he didn't mean to hurt anyone. Mm. I, I, I got to say, I do not follow what this guy is talking about. Like, he, he, he seems like the king of the non-sequitur. He just says random things, and it's like, okay, fair play to you. You, you, you just keep on babbling to yourself, but I don't see what this has to do with literally anything. Mm. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're coming. We're coming near the end of this now. Oh so as of last night, yeah. on Twitter, TSR three posted. Yeah. Hi everyone. I am the new public relations officer for TSR Games. The individual that was handling this account is no longer with TSR. Please direct all future TSR communications to me. In the coming week, there will be a video featuring Ernie Gygax in which he will address Sci-Fi For Me's TV's Live From The Bunker interview, which is the YouTube video interview he did, and uh-huh. the childhood story he posted. Why, why does literally anyone... I, I can tell it's a slow, slow news week because, like, people are paying attention to this. Because, mm. I mean, honestly, it's just like it's... It's just ridiculous. So this post right. was also made to the Giant Man's account. Right. So Ernie Gygax and uh, Dinehart, after posting that thing about coordinated assaults from Wizard of the Ghost, both, <laughs> both then deleted their Twitter accounts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. It's, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. 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 Calm. Calm. Come on, I can do this, I can do this. <laughs> they both deleted their Twitter accounts. Um, it's a shame they didn't do so earlier, but anyway. Uh, so this person uh, who uh, identifies themselves as Michael, just Michael, okay. um, says they're the uh, new... I've got to say, I wouldn't want... If I was associated with TSR, I wouldn't want to be identifiable in any way whatsoever. Well, put it this way. It's... I, uh, there is there is speculation on the internet that Michael does not exist. The individual that was handling this account is no longer with TSR. Obviously, the person handling that account was either Justin um, Lanasa, most probably yeah. him, or Stephen Dinah. One of those two were doing that account. I, I mean, do they, do they think that people don't know that most RPG companies are like maybe three, four people mm, at yeah. absolute max? Yeah. Like, so, so, it's <laughs> obvious they've got no funding they've got no capital yeah. so they've got they, no products they've thrown a, they seem to have thrown an invisible yeah. fictional person under the bus and claimed to have replaced that invisible fictional person with another fictional person <laughs> is what appears to be the case when in fact it was either Justin and Asa or Dinehart all along <laughs> oh, oh my god so okay. they've allegedly fired well, somebody but they haven't I'm sure they haven't well I mean if you were fired from your post as a TSR publicity person, we'd be very interested in hearing from you. Yes. Because yeah. your story needs to be told. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that is, that is where, that is where the state of affairs is as of now. Until more, more happens, as it most certainly will in the next week. Oh, dear me. It is a train wreck of epic proportions. It is the worst managed PR campaign I have ever seen in my entire life. I I mean, like, wow. I mean, there are many people, like, um, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The Libertarian Society of America uh, said that they thought child labour was a great thing, 
Uh, and that was a desperate attempt to get people to click through and look at their stuff. I, probably, I wonder if there is an element of that in there, that if they're deliberately courting controversy just to get the clicks. I mean, it works. We're talking about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather be talking about, I don't know, people who've actually made a contribution to role-playing games in some fashion. Yeah. Well, like, people who have some value in the industry. Yeah. And again, if you're listening to this and you have, I don't know, literally anything, we'd be pretty pleased to talk to you about well, that. Because I've been covering it on my website all week, yes. and the articles yeah. about this are just getting hundreds of thousands of views. Right, right. Like, people are really, really interested in this topic. Uh, I, I can't say this, but it's just like, but what happened to simple good manners? I mean, well, that's... I think what's also important to note is there is definitely a contingent out there that very much support them. If you look on Twitter, or if oh, you look on yeah. the answers to the YouTube interview, or you look on their Facebook page and stuff, yeah. it is not like it's kind of just them against the world. They definitely have a following of people who are saying, yes, we'll buy everything yeah. you make, we support you, all this stuff. So that, it's yeah. not... It's, well, yes, the contingent of people who support them because they have horrible views and they show those horrible views and they're like we wish the world was like it was back in the 70s and for them it was a really good world and things have changed and they interpret the change where other people have it better to be them personally coming under attack mm. that is certainly a take you can take on it well i think it's, it's i think it's yeah. definitely a weird thing to think that if if wizard of the coast makes a statement on diversity that is somehow an attack on you that's a weird it's a weird takeaway from that isn't it uh, it's like Wizards go say, yes, we think more people should be playing games. And I'm like just wondering, who are these people that they've never had a problem getting someone to game with? Mm. Like, because it's like finding people to game with has been really hard. There's lots of people out there who want to play games. And the more people who are playing role playing games, the better, I say, because that means you can always get a game. Because there'll yeah. always be people willing to try it out. Mm. And that has been one of the best things about like fifth edition. Forget like, the rest of it is the fact that it's so popular that more and more people want to play role-playing games. Mm. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Gamer on this one. It's like, you know, the more a game for every table. Yeah. Mm. We should be able to play games with people. I don't know. Strange people. I find mm. them really quite incomprehensible and uh, their logic is, well, it's certainly, it's certainly something to talk about. Mm. And there we go. That, that we go. is that. For now, that is that. Who knows what will happen over the next week, but no. that is that, as of this point. Well, who knows? Maybe the assassins hired by Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> 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 yeah. Be careful. But, Wizards is coming for you. But I think the thing is, like, now, I, I, now I, some I, larger sites like io9 and places like that are starting to pick it up. And I think yeah. at, the, that, at the point where larger sites and it becomes more of a mainstream story, that is kind of when Wizards of the Coast starts to have to worry a little bit, just because they are in mm. the brands are, even though they're separate brands, are inextricably mm. linked in history, and people will take away whether or, whether or not Wizards of the Coast is involved in this or not. People will take away the fact that this is Dungeons and Dragons saying this, even uh, though it's not. Okay. So that, that is a problem so, that Wizards of the Coast might have to take some kind of actions. I don't know what legal standing they would have to do so, but might have to do well, something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's certainly tricky because, um, oof, uh, I mean, they've done many unsavory and pleasant things um, and said a variety of rude and thoughtless and hurtful, deliberately so, statements. But have they done anything that's actually illegal? 
Um, I think there's some co- copyright violations because they were advertising mm. Star Frontiers, which, which is the other uh, trademark they snapped up, using yeah. Wizards of the Coast's artwork and product covers. Yeah. So I think there, there will be some copyright violations in there somewhere, probably, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I guess at this point, we're all just waiting for Gen Con and the RPGs to come out so we actually have something worthwhile to talk about. Mm. And until then, these people are... What's it? Although, I don't know, maybe they're hoping to get a payout from Wizards of the Coast. They're hoping for some of that sweet, sweet Hasbro hush money that it takes some money stop talking. Mm. I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, perhaps it's a new form of patent trolling. Who can say? Well, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's it. I think we're done. I think that's the show we for today. That's fair. Okay. Well, it's only been a thing that has happened. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I, I like this idea, this RPG kitchen. Do they have a website? Uh, yeah, RPG Kitchen, presumably .com, I would imagine. Ooh. Let me have a look. Why don't I just type RPGKitchen.com into my browser and see what happens. RPGKitchen.com, enter. Actually, no, it's that's not it. RPG dot, <laughs> it's RPG.Kitchen. RPG dot, there's a dot kitchen. <laughs> it is. Oh, I, no. I kid you not, sir, a dot kitchen. There is a dot kitchen. There you go. That is at least easy to remember. RPG.kitchen. RPG.kitchen. Oh, there we go. I've got it. Yeah.